Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to Vibe Time with Jerry. And I may not be on Facebook Live yet, but I'm getting there. (laughs) Because Facebook last week flagged me. Facebook last week flagged me for playing 56 minutes. Hi, everybody, on Facebook. Um, Facebook flagged me last week for playing 58 minutes of somebody else's song. And due to that... They blocked my whole broadcast, my video, and everything. So I've had to start different times on Facebook, um, along with, of course, Vibe Time with Jerry. So uh, I apologize for any delays if people are trying to tune in. And, of course, it would go straight to friends instead of where I need it to be, which is public. So I'm going to fix that so that way I can see everybody's comments. If anybody wants to post a comment in the link, I would appreciate it. That way I know that you, I can see you. So, hi, David Flowers. Okay, yay. (laughs) I have just a couple of announcements because I have John and Anita Savage that are my special guests tonight. I'm glad that Anita was able to get off of work. Hi, Maggie, on time to be able to come on the show along with John Savage. So, um, anyhow, March the 4th, we still have a couple tickets left. David Flowers and I have like a couple of tickets left to the March 4th. Um, Paranormal 101 class that we're going to be doing at the Manor House in Williamsburg, Virginia. And that class is going to be, it's going to start at 7 o'clock p.m., okay? Um, But what's neat about this is that this is what's included in that. It's $50, but there's a, he's got three tickets left. So we've got a protection kit um, that I've put together for that class. And dousing rods that's what you get with that class okay um so david flowers is going to be kind of teaching the do's and the don'ts of of certain stuff when it comes to paranormal investigations and i'm going to be doing the metaphysical side of that which is really cool and then of course after class you get to investigate so that's why it's such a good deal because like where else are you going to where else are you going to be able to to investigate with equipment included you don't even have to bring your own equipment you get your uh, your own protection kit and then you get dousing rods i mean and david flowers and his wife let me get mine i only have one because the other one fell as i was moving my little bed but anyway they're very colorful and they're really nice dousing rods and they're they just they just 
move really nicely. I like how they how they move when you're working with them. I got to get the other one. It fell to the to the opposite side when I went to go lift my other rod up. But anyway, it's going to be a really good class. So if you're interested in it, we still have the three tickets left. It just message me or message David Flowers. He's the one handling the um, ticket into that. And get your tickets. Three seats left this Friday. Uh, let's see, March 12th, the Cabin on 360 is going to be doing their event. It's going to be for Alzheimer's, for the Alzheimer's Association. They're doing a fundraiser. The doors open up at 6 o'clock. Those tickets are $25. All that money goes to Alzheimer's. So um, the Alzheimer's Association is what they're they're doing their very first event for. So that is a fundraiser. Um, so please, if you're able to, to get to that, I'll be at that event as well. And then, of course, any other events, just go to John Stevens Paranormal, Virginia Paranormal Events page or his website, www.virginiaparanormalevents.com. And, of course, you know, he's on the third Tuesday of every month. So anyway, without further ado, I have John and Anita patiently holding the line. And I met them at an investigation that... DC put on at an undisclosed location. That's how I met them. And we just connected very quickly. And we've been friends ever since. So um, we have investigated the undisclosed location together. That's how I met Maggie Dunn. She's in the news feed too. Um, wonderful person. I can't wait to have you on my show too. we got to schedule a date for that. She is awesome also. But that's how I met her, and that's how I met them. So I'm going to put them on, take them off a of mute. I'll be right with y'all. Let's see. Hello? Can y'all hear me? Hello, hello. Hello, hello. 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 <laughs> Thanks for coming on my show. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. y'all. And, and I want to, um, the first things that come to mind is, when I think about y'all is where you've investigated at because, John, I know that you you recently changed a name, your name on your Facebook page, not your actual name name, but your actual group name. Can you talk about that a little bit for me? Well, originally the name of the group I had was Virginia, Minnesota Paranormal, which was going to be an offshoot of my original group back in Minnesota which was called Minnesota Paranormal Investigators, which is the longest-running paranormal group in the state of uh, Minnesota. But I've been running into some problems with it because we have a town in, in Minnesota called Virginia. So everybody thought I was located in Virginia, Minnesota. Okay. So I decided just to change it to the my very new name, which is Middle Eastern Atlantic Paranormal Investigators. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering where you where you got that name from. Well, I was just looking at the the uh, geolocations of the East Coast, and we're kind of in the middle of the eastern part of the East Coast, so that's gotcha. how I came up with it. That's really cool, though. Oh, yeah. And plus, I'm also now, in another group just for here for uh, Fort Monroe and Phoebus. 
and that should be up and running in the next week. That's going to be cool because I know Kimberly Moxley Ashbury is interested in like investigations at Fort Monroe. She's really cool. She does uh, a lot of research, but we do our research at Old House Woods, and she has the Old House Woods Facebook page. Um, but she's she's interested in Fort Monroe, and quite frankly, so am I. I think it's pretty cool that y'all are out there. Well, anytime, come on out, and uh, we can do some outdoor investigations. Yes, and it's starting to warm up, so it's perfect. Yep. You know, yeah, so I'll have I'll have to hold you to that because I can stay at stay at um stay at my mommy's and come over because Fort Monroe is not too far from her house. Oh, you can even just stay here at the fort with us. Yeah, or I can stay at the fort with y'all. Yeah, crash out on the crash out on the couch. Well, we do have a ghost in our unit, so. Oh, this is perfect. Yeah, we'll have to plan this when Anita's not when Anita's like has a day off or something. I'll have to plan that because my museum hours actually. Yeah, the museum that I work at. Um, they my hours there actually have been cut, so now I have a little bit more leeway on the weekends. Mm-hmm. So this yeah, works out. You want to come out? Okay, anytime you want to come out or your friend wants to come out, um, I can give them the personal paranormal tour because everything that we're investigating is going to be in the book that we're writing about the hauntings of Fort Monroe and Phoebus. That's cool. And we're going to try and debunk a couple of stories, and we also found a couple of new stories of possible hauntings at the fort that has not been investigated. That's awesome. I bet you there's a lot that goes on there. Oh, yes. I mean, there's – I mean, inside the fort, I mean, people will see um, shadows – of soldiers, um, people walking around wearing, you know, Victorian-type clothes up along the ramparts, um, kids running around. And right outside the fort, when you come into Fort Monroe, from the bridge to the main gate used to be um, contraband um, campsites for the free slaves during the Civil War. So we have a little hospital that's literally outside of our front door where um, Harriet Tubman worked as a nurse oh, wow. in the Civil War. And oh, my we're goodness. Investigating, yeah, we're investigating that location. Uh, we have a couple encampments down the street, which are no longer there, but there's been sightings of, of people walking around and running. There's been sightings of slaves along the fort. That's so – that's – because I mean, when I when I went to Fort Monroe, I've been on Fort Monroe, but it was still as a military base mm-hmm. when I went on. Well, I mean, so, the history the history of the fort. I mean, it goes back you know three four hundred years. And I mean, ironically, the the fort itself was built by slaves, and there's been. A lot of deaths from the slaves, and they're buried out here somewhere along the shoreline. 
And we're actually investigating to find the original cemetery of Fort Monroe. Huh. So it so it has an original cemetery then? Yes, we found some documentations and looking at the old maps from, from like the eighteen forty, I believe, or thirty five. There is a location for the cemetery. And one of the documentations I found was there would have been up to probably five to ten thousand grave sites. Now in saying that, that cemetery supposedly has been moved to Phoebus and also over towards the VA hospital. But I've got a feeling that they didn't remove all the bodies. Okay. And we're going to try and find out where it's located and do an investigation there to see if there's anything, you know, hanging around. Do you have anything, do you, um, based on your research, do you, do you have an idea of where they might be? We have a, a vague location. Gotcha. Um, according to the maps and some some of the paperwork, it was on the eastern part of the fort, going towards uh, Buck Row, and it would have been a group of heavily grouped trees along the sand dunes, and that's where it would have been. Have you tried to douse in that area? Not yet. Uh, it's just been a little too cold and too windy. Because yeah, we yeah. when we're doing our investigations, we are open, straight open to the elements. So we get that nice breeze off the bay, and that can affect the dowsing rods and EVP sessions and things of that nature. So, right, you know, it, it's going to take us a while to, to actually locate it, if we can. Right. David Flowers asked, have you ever seen any spirit animals around the pet cemetery? I I personally haven't seen anything. Um, we've heard, you know, some animals in that general area. But then again, you know, we do have wild animals inside the fort. But I, I've never gotten anything up along the ramparts where the pet cemetery is located. Cool. Anita, um, what is your, like, yeah. ever, have you experienced ever seeing any, like, pets at the pet cemetery? Animal spirits? Mm, no, not so much around there. I've seen lots of other spirits around the fort, but not specifically there. I so, see, because I know that you're like one of the most detailed people when it comes to to abilities that I have ever met. Well, thank oh, you. Thank you. I mean, for real, I'm just, you know, I mean, I have abilities and I see spirit, I can communicate with spirit, but yours is so, I'm just amazed by it. I'm mesmerized by how detailed you are. Well, it's really I awesome. Like to give a voice to the past. Yeah, right. it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we make a now, team. I know y'all really do. I mean, now are y'all are you ever going to work on a book, Anita, um, about your experiences, or is it just the primary focus like Fort Monroe? Uh, 
Right now, I really don't know. Um, let's work on the Portland Road book and then see where it leads us. Who knows? Yeah, I think we'll be doing a, a future book besides that one. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there'll be something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I see it in the cards. Yeah. They don't lie. What can I say? Watch this space. See what happens. Yeah, David Flower said he was amazed um, um, that you amazed him the night that we were in the basement at the manor house. And that just was really amazing. Yeah, Maggie done the same thing when we did the investigation together. You two blew me away. She blew me away. Yeah. Well, you know what that means. It means we've all got to get together again and investigate somewhere else. We really do. Foreman Road would be perfect. I mean, I'm sure would drive down from where she's at. Hey, that would be really you just give me a little bit. You just give me a little bit of heads up, and I'll make make the time off. Okay, we can do that. The, the, the only downside about Fort Monroe is a lot of the buildings are either occupied by residents or they're off limits because a lot of them are falling down. Um, right. Major black mold, especially in the older buildings inside the fort. Um, some of the old barracks, they're just locked up because it, it costs too, too much money to uh, rehab them. And there's not an interest uh, from the public to rent out these buildings. That's too bad because Fort Monroe is like when my mom would dance, she would, she would dance there. They had a club there. I don't even know if they still do anything like that on there, but there was a club there. That was on the water that we went to on the weekends. Oh, yeah, that's the officer's club, yeah. Yeah, so we would go there, and her friend played live music, and so I was, I just, I've always liked Fort Monroe. I've always been attracted to it. I don't know why, but it's just a beautiful place to me. Well, what we're hoping to do is, especially with our book, is to bring the history back to life, back to, to the fort. We want people to be aware of it because we, since we've been here, we found out that people drive past this fort daily, especially on the HRBT, and they don't even know it, it exists. Right. And we want to bring that history to the public, at least to the haunting side. And we've been in talks with the Fort Monroe authorities and right now we're just waiting for a, either a yes or a no to actually start investigating inside the buildings. But our our goal is is to bring that history back to life, to give the voice yeah. of the past a voice for the future. Yeah, because I mean that was a fun place. Oh yeah, and hopefully bring some awareness to the fort that would help um, bring funds in to rehab a lot of the old buildings. Yeah. Who owns that? I mean, where, who does it belong to now? Because I don't know. Well, it's, it's kind of weird how it's set up. There's bits and pieces that's owned by the National Park Service. Other half of it is owned by the state of Virginia, because when the post shut down, it was turned over to the, to the state. Um, so right now, it's it's kind of like, you know, you can walk inside the fort, 
and you'll be on, you know, Fort Monroe Authority, which is the state of Virginia's no property, then you can walk, you know, to another building like Quarters One, which is the main, one of the oldest buildings in the fort, and that's owned by the Park Service. Gotcha. So it's it's there's a lot of different agencies that has their hands inside the fort, and it just makes it a mess. Yeah, yeah, because I know Yorktown was like that. There were, like when they were letting the battle, the battlefields um, on Yorktown, they would get really bad overgrown. And I went to the Park Service, and I was like, so who's in charge of maintaining the battlefields? And the guy at the desk, was like the state of Virginia is part of this estate and part of it is the park service and we're not in charge of maintaining certain parts of the battlefields because it don't belong to us. And I'm sitting over here going, gosh, I remember as a child these things used to be nice and groomed and pretty and they just let stuff go. Yep, it's all politics. Yeah, they just let it go. Like, how do you not want to preserve true history and just, you know, mess like that just because, you know, what you take the funds to clean them up and mow the grass. <laughs> yeah, you see, that's the difference between here in the States when it comes to history and um, the history over in England. I bet. I bet. I bet it's a whole I mean, different... It's Different thing. Oh, it is. I mean, we've yeah. investigated many places in the UK. Um, Anita used to run tours out of London for haunted tours. So we've we've been all over the place. Right. Well, Anita, how long have you been? How long have you been investigating and doing tours? Well, stateside, I've been over here for. 14 years yep and but I've been doing paranormal stuff my entire life I was running tours in London I did um, quite a lot of places that no one else was allowed in at the time so Mm -hmm. it was fun it was fun a lot of hard work but it was fun I think one of my friends is from London. I'm not sure. I'll have to ask her. I'll have to look her up and ask her where she, where where exactly she's from. She's fun. She's a butthead though. <laughs> In a good way or not so good? I call her Twat Waffle. She's fine. <laughs> she's funny. You would like her though. Y'all would hit it off pretty well. But I don't. I just. I can't remember what part of a part of England she's from. She'll probably kill me for that one because she talks about it all the time. But I know that she's going back. I want to say at some time at some point this summer. Eighty-seven days mm-hmm. is when she's going back. So. Oh, I was meant to go back the year before last, but then of course COVID hit, so that put a koi bosh on it. So I'll get back eventually. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's a beautiful place to be. I would love to go there. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the places to investigate in the U.K., I mean, it puts what we have to shame. 
I mean, some of the places that we investigated was, um, let's see, Orso Hall, the Rams Inn, which is a 13th century house built on a pagan cemetery, and and it sits on top of four ley lines. Um, the Halls of Justice up in – help me, Anita. Where's the Halls of Justice? Nottingham. Nottingham, yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, and Bulbrook Castle, which was the hunting lodge of Henry VIII. Um, The Clink Prison Museum. The Clink, yep. Yep. I'm sure they got a lot of um, places that compare. I mean, we've got a lot of places here, but there's just something about. You know, places like England, Germany, all those places with all the castles that we just don't really have here. Yeah, I mean, with, with the with the investigations in the UK, I mean, it's you have to approach it from a different point of view. I mean, you have to do a lot of research into it, and you know, you're looking at records, you know, like the 1600s and the 1400s, and um, you know, and then you have to kind of do your investigations around that time period. You know, those spirits don't know what an EVP recorder is. Right. So so you have to use terminology to the best of your ability to show them how to communicate. And sometimes for reenactment, you know, you got to dress up in silly outfits and play silly music and talk about, you know, what was happening in that time period that you're investigating. I mean, you know, you're you have to, you know, research, research if you're doing something in the Tudor years about the War of the Roses. You're right, because a lot of people don't don't do that. Like, I wanted to get um, like a seventeenth century doll for the manor house. I wanted to get one like made, mm-hmm. or a replica of one to to take with me when I go there, because I think that. Since there's children there, it would be the perfect trigger toy, the perfect trigger doll for that. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Manor House has lots of opportunities. I yeah. Mean, when we were there with you and, and David, um, there's so much going on that it's it's amazing. And I mm-hmm. think that you know, if anyone's interested in, in doing a paranormal tour, that would be the place to go to get your feet wet. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's a very interesting place, and we talk about it all the time. That just because they don't always set off equipment doesn't mean they're not there. You know, and I well, stress. Yeah. I mean, just just because you have a, a device that lights up and makes color noise, uh, color lights, noises, doesn't mean it's designed to interact with the paranormal. Again, this is where, you know, learning about the paranormal, the history of the paranormal um, comes into play. You know, back in the day, you know, we had just dowsing rods, tape recorders, a flashlight, and 35-millimeter film. You know, we didn't have anything with, you know, EMF meters or REM pods or trip wires or anything like that. Right. So sometimes just the basic equipment is the... Really, the best thing. Yep, and the the best equipment that a person can have is their intuition. Right. 
If you're walking through a, a location and it, and you start getting that pull in your stomach or the hair raises on your arm or in the back of your neck, that's that's telling you there is something there. Right. I mean, yeah, you can't really measure it, but Right, you're right about that, but and a lot of people don't pay attention to that. You're you're right about that. Um that's I think that some of the stuff we'll be touching on Friday with this with the paranormal 101 class that we plan to do on the metaphysical side about, you know, grounding and things like that because people just go on things and they don't think to do that or they don't know how to do that and to me it opens them wide open for stuff. Oh yeah. I mean I've I've seen people in investigations where um they would have all their gear set up, nothing happens, but if they go into a door uh, go into a room and touch the door handle, all of a sudden, you know, they trigger something. You know, which is yeah, of, that, uh, that part of psychic development with, with psychometry. And yeah. it's like there you go, run off with the information off of that. Yeah, that happened to me. I was doing a private home investigation, and I had a K2 meter with me, and nothing was going off at the time with the K2 meter, and I got into one particular room. It was a bathroom, and I opened the door, and and I didn't even feel anything or sense anything at that time, but as soon as I put the K2 meter on this one part of the room, the whole room began to smoke up like it was on fire, mm-hmm. like I was taking a shower even though I wasn't. The mirrors began to fog up. The um, cover, the door, there was a, she had like a medicine cabinet there. It, the door just slammed out of nowhere. I started to get really, really cold as if something, you know, was passing through me, in and out me. You know, it was it was really mm-hmm. bad. And... um I mean, it caught it caught me off guard. I mean, I had I was grounded, but it still it just caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting to see what I see, and I wasn't the only one there witnessing it. There was two other people at the time witnessing it too, so it wasn't just me. And um, you know, I just kept saying the Lord's Prayer because that's all I knew to say, and mm-hmm. it was weird because it was just like it was on TV that particular room just was dark and when the spirit left everything just the whole room just came to life like got really really bright as if that spirit left because people were staying in this house and they didn't stay for a long period of time they kept moving out moving out moving out and the owners wanted to know why you know so Mm -hmm. and there was a dog that was with us at the time and the dog was growling and going stir crazy, but as soon as the light lifted in that particular room, the dog went in there and laid down and, you know, just laid down. And the owner was like, she's never done that before. She's never done anything like that because she was always afraid to go in that particular room. But once everything was lifted, the dog was fine. Needless to say, it died two days later. Mm. Fortunately, um, and I think that I I track it back to that incident because that dog was fine, and they had no explanation for why that dog passed away. 
see, back in our old group in Minnesota, we had I have one team member by the name of Kim who has a um, a beautiful pit bull. I mean, this pit bull is like, looks thinks it's a human, but we would take Diesel, that's the name of the dog, on investigations with us to see yeah. if he could sense an entity. And there are times when he, we would get a positive hit and we would set up our equipment and we would get unusual EMF readings, um, EVPs, um, and some fo- uh, photo anomalies. So, again, you know, that's another tool that we have available to us is using an animal. And I, I mean, animals, an- animals are, animals are, very are very intuitive. Yeah, I was going to say they're they're ten times more intuitive than we are. I think they just they sense way more than we do. Pets are your we best have answer. It in our own home now, we have our animals will let us know when there are things around. Right, right. I mean that makes sense. They're very in tuned. Hi, Ryan. Maggie Dunn said that she um. Maggie Dunn said, good, check a live for Waverly Hills at 8.30. So she had to go do something with Waverly Hills. But she said that she wants to go to the manor house, too. And she's interested in coming out to Fort Monroe. And her bucket list is Scotland. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's some pretty cool places there. Yeah, and my girlfriend is from Plymouth, Devon. I know of it. Wasn't where yeah, I was. near Cornwall. Mhm. Okay. I had to ask. I had to ask Kim Slater where she was from because it was bugging me. No, I spent a lot of my childhood in Cornwall. So. Yeah. Yeah. She won't yeah. come. She she only came to one paranormal investigation with me, and that was at the manor house. She met me up there, um, because she's she's scared to do stuff like that. Ah, you see, that, and, and that's our job as investigators to educate and to remove that fear. Yeah, yeah, yep. She's scared of she's scared of stuff like that. Now, that particular night when she was at the manor house, she was fine um, because I just I just told her certain things that she needed to do. But she had brought Liz and Liz's husband and Kim came up there, so you know they're always fun to be with. Well, I can't imagine taking her there. But yeah, she's a really nice lady. Y'all would y'all would get along very well. You have the same accents. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, we're infectious. We're infectious. What can I say? Yeah, she'll she'll take no shit either. Kim Slater. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but you're right. It is our job to educate people to to take that fear out, um, you know, because it's research. And I mean, there there is just so much misinformation out there, and you know, yes, it can be fun. Yes, it can be educational. Yes, you can learn a lot of cool stuff, but you know, it can be dangerous too if you're not smart about it. And right, you know, that's what people need to be more aware of. Yeah. Right. Well, what what are yeah, some I, suggestions? I, 
y'all from people that. Well, what I do is I tell people, don't pick a fight with something that you can't see because you will lose every time. And unfortunately, a lot of people out there, they're taking their cues from a lot of these TV shows. Thinking that's how you do an investigation, you know. I'm not going to name any any shows in particular. <laughs> Ghostbusters, <laughs> um, who portray the wrong way of doing an investigation, right? That's true. I mean, I mean people. Would... I, I won't pick a fight. Yeah. I haven't seen you do that, though. I like your trigger stuff that you use. Well, I mean, there's a difference between setting up trigger objects in our trigger event versus going in and being totally disrespectful. Right. Going into a house saying, show me who you are. You know, you think you're big and bad, you know, come and get me. No, you don't do things like that. Right. I've seen people do that. I've been on... I went on an investigation, oh my gosh, I can't remember the name, Edgewood I think it was where I was at, and there were people doing stuff like that. They were saying, you know, um, take all my energy, you can use all my energy for everything. Here, come into me, and I'm like, gosh, you don't really want to do that. You don't want to do something like that because, you know, it's just nothing to play around with when it comes to stuff like that. And it was, I just wasn't used to seeing people People do that because I I need to preserve my energy. I don't want something taken taken mine. Oh yeah, I mean I've seen that happen on you know on a couple of tours, and that's why I kind of don't do tours anymore. Is because of people doing things like that, and it's like you don't understand if you put the intent out there or the invitation. Hey, come and take my energy. You just wrote yeah. a blank check to whatever's out there. You don't know if it's a entity that's earthbound that or an entity that's never been in a human form and you just gave it permission to take your energy right and it will that's that's the funny thing yeah, it, will. it will that's and you know just why. like go ahead I say, and and they and they wonder why you know god why do i feel so sick and so drained and why do i have scratches on me or why did right. my personality change well because you're a dum dum, and you said, "Hey, go ahead and do what you want to me." Right, which is a no no. Minutes of excitement. Yeah, yeah, I agree you with know, you. I, I was like, I tell people like that: if you want to be scared, go to Disneyland and take the tour, the haunted house tour, because that's what you're looking for. Right. I haven't been to Disney to see that, but I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> or or um, what's the haunted one up here? Um, Bush Gardens. Um, yeah, Bush Gardens. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be very careful with it. Yeah, one of my this friends. Is, this is something you don't mess around with. Yeah. She, one of my friends, Angie, put this is the one thing that worries her um, the most about a tour. Um, and but like for instance, at the Manor House, I'm going to tell you right now, David Flowers, 
He's not going to allow anything like that to happen. He does not um, allow people to taunt spirit out there. Cabin on 360 and the woods and places like that, they don't they don't allow that there. Um, yep. And I'm sure at Fort Monroe, I mean, I've had tours where I have I have kicked people out. Yeah, I was going to say you probably didn't allow it on your tours either, no. and. You know, it is unfortunate that, and we've discussed it before, that there are so many TV shows out there and people think that that is the way that you're supposed to do things and it's not. You know, behind the scenes, we're listening to several hours of EVP and watching DVRs and, you know, we don't freak out and get over-dramatized when we, you know, are seeing a piece of equipment going off or, but they need all that stuff for their ratings. And as Kimberly says, half of that stuff is fake anyway because they know how to do it. You know, um, you know, she will, she is, she's not on here tonight, I don't think. I haven't seen her pop up yet, but she's very adamant about that. Um, that most of that stuff, there's answers for all the smoke and mirrors, as she puts it. And, you know, that's, that is the purpose of David Flowers and the class that we're teaching is the right way and the do's and the don'ts, you know, of, Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to say the ghost hunting part because you do paranormal research, I do paranormal research, and I know people argue with me about this all the time. There is a difference between a person that ghost hunts and a person that does paranormal research. It's two different things. It's not the same thing to me. You're, you're correct. A, a I mean, I mean, we can is, we can have a we can have a location, and we we can research it and research it and research it for months, sometimes years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something that you go in and it's two seconds and you have every single answer and every single thing's happened. Right. Okay? Right, and that's why I like exactly. going back to where I'm going. Like when I go to the manor house or even the cabin, there are reasons. And old house woods, there are three primary places that I like to be and those are the three primary places because I have notebooks on all of them all three locations so every time I go there I'm pulling up you know stuff from my books um for that for that purpose to see you know what what am I getting you know what what theories do I need to run at Old House Woods because Kim and I have a lot of theories that we are working on together out there and we started some theories for the manor house, um, you know, so it's, that's okay, what we do. That's what a, re, that's what a research, research investigator is versus yeah. someone who wants to ghost hunt. And, and I, I wouldn't even say ghost hunting. I think they're just more looky-loos. They just want to experience something to say, hey, I saw something. Right. Right. So, and then you then you've got your para entertainers, and those are the ones that um, I'm trying to do it delicately. Um, not the TV shows host. That's a whole different realm of egotistic people. But I'm talking about there's groups out there that would do a ghost tour with 30 people. Yeah. You cannot do an investigation with 30 people. Oh. And then that come, you know. You're just bringing people in just to make money, and you're letting them loose with no guidelines, you know. And, and most of these people really shouldn't be on these tours. You know, th- there might be something mentally wrong with them. 
and you could be opening that up, you know, to them to be affected in a in a bad way. Right. Right. I agree with you on that. And I think like our I mean, class, the class that we're given is capped at 10. We we don't take any more than 10 for our class. I mean, I look You know, at now when he does when David does his regular tours, that's different. But like for our Paranormal 101 class, we made a decision that we was going to cap it at 10 and that's it because, and we're going to run other classes other than this one um, because I think that 10 is a pretty fair number. It's starting to warm up and, you know, you're teaching people and it's it's just, it's better. Like the smaller groups to me are better. Yeah. And And we had an open policy with my old group back in Minnesota where if anyone wanted to learn or experience a a haunting, um, they would come with us. And we would limit to maybe two, three people max, besides my crew, just because of safety concerns. And, you know, it's going to be time away from doing our actual research right. to teaching. So, you know, we would, we would do things like that, but... It, it was more, like I said, more of a training. You know, we right. have nothing to hide as researchers. Right. And we and we tell people, nine times out of ten, you're not going to get anything on the first couple of tries. Right. You know, if you're do if you're doing data logging, you know, it, it at least for me, I look for a pattern over a minimum of thirty days for for baseline reading. So I have something gotcha. to compare to. Unlike a lot of groups, they'll go into a house for the first time going, yep, this house is haunted. Okay, what are you basing your your uh, theory off of? Well, right. I think it's haunted because I feel it, or I got an audio. Well, can you explain it? You know? That's right. I mean, I agree with you on that because I've been into a couple locations, private homes, where – they thought that there was activity in there, and there's there was nothing there. There's just nothing there. It's you know, there's not. It wasn't paranormal. I mean, I've seen cases where the clients will swear up and down, "My house is haunted," and this is again, this is where research and interviewing comes into play. Yeah. After interviewing the, the, the family over and over, we found out that, one, they were into horror movies and sci-fi shows and the paranormal, you know, things of that nature. So they began to believe – again, this is where intent comes into play – that their house was haunted. So they were manifesting a haunting from themselves. Even though there was nothing there, and there was no intelligent haunting, there was no residue haunting, it, it was nothing, but they would conjure it up from their yeah. own mind, their own intuition. And it's like, okay, well, this is why you're having these things. You're, I mean, this family had like a, a full-size animatronic of Freddy Krueger in the basement. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, but you and, and, fight with you know, that. The mind is a powerful thing, and I don't think people realize just 
powerful their minds really are. I mean, I've told people in investigations, did you wish really, really, really hard for your house to be haunted? Yeah, no. I don't. (laughs) Hi, Maggie. Yeah, my girlfriend said she's sensitive, so she's a little worried. <laughs> well, CBI. there's nothing wrong with being sensitive. There's nothing yeah. wrong with being sensitive. Uh-uh. I mean, there's, there's techniques and grounding and protection that that you can use. I mean, there are times when if I'm especially at a certain house here at Fort Monroe, um, all my shields go up. And yeah. even I will get nervous going up to to this one house. And I've been doing this forever and a day for over 32 years. And when when I have to back away from a location, you know it's bad. Yeah. I still yeah, that is every time. Back up. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Don't tell me which house it is if we're allowed to go there because I don't want to know. Oh, we I won't will tell keep you. that one a secret from you. Yes, keep it a secret because I, I I would like to just feel my way around. <laughs> well, well next, believe me, that one you'll you definitely feel it. Well, we'll I'm this. sure I will. Down, when you come down, we won't tell you boo about the fort. We'll just walk up to it, and I'm just going to look at you and go, use your intuition, and I'll follow you. Yeah, we can do that. Because you know what, I, I, the only thing with Fort Monroe is, the only thing I can tell you with Fort Monroe is my mom danced there. We went to the club there. I would walk the beach there. I um, didn't really, we would go there and we would leave, you know what I mean? But I would stay on the beach. I would go sit out on the, sit out on the water for a little while, but to actually go around and look around and know the history, I really don't. So it's perfect. Well, there, there's a lot of history. I'll, I'll yeah. definitely tell you that. Yeah, Angie is saying that hotel out there. Yeah, I, we just she just went there and danced. We had we ate at the buffet and. Like I said, I would hit the little beach outside, and we would leave. I, you know, I knew it as a military base, you know, before it got t- taken over by the state, or, you know, before they shut it down. That's what I knew it as, and we just went there, and you know, that was it. Well, so, Monroe is our our um, paranormal laboratory. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I just. I know I know David Flower stresses, you know, knowing your history before you go to a location, but I really I will have to say that I don't do the research on the locations because I want to get my feel for that before I, you know, I want to get my own feel for that. I don't want it to be hindered by um what I don't. I don't want to conjure up anything in my head. Is what I'm trying to say. That's why I don't read the history about stuff before I go. I don't want to know. Right, and and that's that's how you know Anita and I work. That's why we work as a good team. Is if we're going to do a location, I I won't tell her about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I might say, hey, we're going up to Cole Harbor Battlefield. 
Right. And that's it. Or and sometimes I even I don't even tell her where we're going. We just go to a place. And yeah, I, I mean, already it's have the just a matter so of like, you know not having not been here my entire life. You know, I just I don't know the history. I've not got any of that knowledge to pull on. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, um, Maggie said she likes to do it blind, too. Yeah. And Angie, she's been out to um, Fort Monroe several times as a base, you know. I'm assuming that's, Mm -hmm. you know, where we went. But like I said, I go in, Maggie said it the right way, blind on a lot of stuff because I, I want to get the feelings for myself because I think that when you listen to other people or you're reading things, you can manifest stuff within and create something that's not yep. really so. It's you and not the place. So that's why I like to exactly. do it blind. I don't want to know. And, and, and that's kind of hard to do when when and when you're with an investigative group. And um, what we used to do is we would have our paranormal group, and then we'll, we would have our mediums separate and the only yeah. time they would interact with my crew is when we're doing the reveal. This is what they picked up, and we take their information and overlay it with our database or our right. baseline information. And then, right. and then we start intermixing. Okay, let's do a mediumship on this side. Let's see if they can make contact. Let's document you know, changes in the environment, but also – we have the knowledge to either confirm or sometimes deny the information they're getting. And, and sometimes the information we have is not the whole story. You know, there right. are gaps in that data and in, in the history. So we have to kind of try and mesh it the best we can or change the story to have it more accurately with the information we're getting from the medium versus from, from the folklore side. So, I mean, you can you, you have to work with the mediumship, but also, like you said, you know, they need to go in blind and not be, you know, or they have to go in blind so they don't see what we're doing. Because when they do right. walkthroughs, at least with my group, none of my crew's there. We don't have anything set up because even if you have an EVP recorder or an EMF recorder set up in the room, that could skew their information because now they're saying – they're thinking, hey, look, there's a, a EMF meter here, so there might be something in this room. Right, right. And see, that's why I used to go into places, and I still do blind, and I started using equipment because I wanted to validate what I was feeling at that time because I'm, I've, I am a member of CROP, but I pretty much do things on my own. I'm like Maggie. I'm I'm on my own with certain stuff. You know, I'm with. So you know, we got about four minutes. I tell people, you know, just because you're with a group, you know, doesn't mean you're tied into that group. Go off and learn on your own if you have to. Right. You know, reach out to other other investigators. Hey. What has worked for you? What doesn't right. work for you? What equipment right. do you have that you think it was worthless? Um, but unfortunately here, and I know we got a short time, but unfortunately here on the East Coast, 
you know, that doesn't happen. So a lot of the investigators are just wandering around, not knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true, that's but that's idea. why, you know, that I've met people like you. I've met people like Anita, David Flowers, you know, Dennis, Maggie, DC. There's just, and and that, and so far I have a good group of um, people, you know, that I know that if I need need somebody to listen to something, I know I can send it to you and say, hey, can you listen to this? Can you clean this up for me? Same thing with David Flowers. And you can't do that with everybody because some people just don't want to, they don't want nothing to do with you. You know, they're trying to get in the fight, so they just kind of push you away. And I've met people in the field like that already. I won't name names, but I, I'm, I'm watching yeah, you. We've, we've come across quite a few. Yeah, and it's it's but, it's very unfortunate. But at the same time, yeah, but at the same time, you know, I don't have all the answers. Yeah, like I said, you know, I've been doing this for thirty two, thirty three years. Um, I'm still learning, and I'm still yeah, still learning new techniques from other people, and that's how we advance our field of the paranormal research. Right. Right, you're right. It's just, you know, like like I said, I'm just glad that I've got y'all, you know, and people that I mentioned. It's just you can't do that with everybody, and it's unfortunate. And I don't know everything either, you know. I mean, I'm learning something new every single day. Um, I learn something new. I find something new to learn every day. I make it yep. a point. You have to. Yep. You have to in this field. Yeah. You have to wear so, many hats. Yes. Yep. You're right about that. So, but, um, yeah, Maggie agrees with that. And I think that the team that we had at that undisclosed location was a really good put-together team, too. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. I think that everybody was very, um, very professional what they did and you know just it was just well put together so i would do that again oh so would i Mm -hmm. in a flat yeah because i think people the people you're you make the people you meet um i think that just makes a big difference with stuff yeah as long as you can work with each other and yeah. it's okay to to fight and then have disagreements, and that's how again that's how you learn. We're all not going right. to agree, but we're all adults, and we can you know take it take our lumps with the best of them. Yeah, we can agree to disagree. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. <laughs> well, so, but I anyway, disagree. No. <laughs> I appreciate you guys coming on. I gotta get ready to end my episode because I've got Ryan coming on with um, FPI Paranormal. I don't quite know where they're based out of, but that is going to be his episode. Um, and I didn't want, I don't want to cut into his airtime. But um, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yes, I said we're always around. Yes, I know you are, and I think I want to do a part two to the show, so I'll look up some dates if y'all are game with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay, that's perfect. So I'll look into my calendar and see what dates I can pull up um, for vibe time. 
but I appreciate y'all, and I'll be reaching out to you here shortly. <laughs> All righty. All right, well, y'all have a great night. Thank you. All right, night. Bye. Night. I was a hard-drinking sinner with blood on my hands. I was a hard-drinking sinner, a gun in my hands, drinking 40 pounds for dinner till I met a big man. And the man said, how do we do? How do we do?
freaks out there, this is Ryan. How are you doing tonight? Welcome to the Freaking Awesome Paranormal Show. Hang on, hang on. You know what? I have to put myself on mute here. There we go. All right. I was had my um had uh two streams going my stream yard and I've got the one on my Facebook going. Because I just like look at myself that much. No, I'm just kidding. I I want to see because I can't really get the chats going in my stream yard for some reason. So I had it going. Had to look at my Facebook live stream as well. Yes, actually, there she is. My two viewers. Hey guys. Uh, so I'm drinking uh, sleepy time tea out of my uh, Twisted Paranormal Society uh, Ouija board cup here. Trying to, I tried adding honey to make it sweeter, but I didn't. You know, I don't think I put enough in there because it pretty much tastes like brown water right now. So, huh, some sugar to it later. But then I'll be up on it because I'm on sugar high. So maybe I won't do that. Hope everyone's having a, a good week so far. I know it's only Tuesday, but hopefully it's been good. Um, you know, a lot of stuff's been going on in the world with Ukraine and Russia, you know, so I want to definitely say a prayer for all the people in Ukraine, especially now with all the bombing that's going on over there. It's it's crazy, man. It's, uh, hopefully there'll be an end to it soon and, um, the problem, everything will, it'll get resolved, but man, right now it's, it's, uh, it's rough out there. So take a time to just say a prayer for the people out there who, you know, are just innocent bystanders. You know, they have no, they have no idea what's going on with the politics. They're just trying to survive. You know, and they're getting bombed out of their houses. And it's crazy. I don't want to get too much into it because it's like a touchy subject. But definitely want to say a prayer for everyone out there that's been affected by by what's going on out there. Um, always careful. You know, when you do shows like this, when you talk in different thoughts come in your head, you want to make sure you're not saying the wrong thing, you know. Um, yeah, so uh, Friday night at the Manor House, my friend Jerry is putting on a paranormal class, paranormal 101 class with uh, David Flowers. The Manor House is like right outside of Williamsburg, Virginia. Very haunted location. If you're in the area or if you want to take a road trip, come out Friday night and learn some cool ways to investigate. You know. And investigate a really haunted location, then I would suggest go check out the manor house and uh check out that go uh take their class. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Um then Saturday, I took old plantation. Haunted Nights Paranormal is doing their uh, investigation uh, out out there. It's very very haunted location as well. It's uh, actually the boyhood home of Thomas Jefferson. So yeah, definitely want to go check that place out. Plus, get to hang out with Twisted Paranormal, and my and Dennis is going to be out there, and Chris Ballastone is going to be out there. I like to be out there. I'll be at the cabin tour. The Culpepper Paranormal, who's coming out there to investigate Saturday night. 
And we had them on the show a few weeks ago. So that's going to be fun, having them out at the cabin. Hopefully they'll get some cool uh, some cool evidence, some cool, like, uh, something, you know, something cool happened to them out there. And and uh, I actually went out and uh, was helping Dennis do some do some uh, work at this guy's house or doing some remodeling and ended up picking up a few decorations for the cabin that might creep some people out. So that's always fun. The creepier, the better. That's what I say. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much it. Oh yeah. We got the, uh, we have a paranormal investigation at the cabin a week from Saturday on March 12th. It's going to be a, uh, it's going to be to benefit all the Alzheimer's association. So we're super excited about that. We sold, I think 17 tickets so far. And, uh, you know, it'd be good to have people back at the cabin again. It's been too long. You know, it's been, I think last time we had an event at the cabin was the Giving Ghost event, the Christmas toy drive we have. Um, so it'd be nice to have people back out there and investigating again. We need to start praying for nice weather, though, because it's got easier when it's not raining outside. So start now. Start doing the Indian, the Indian Sundance or whatever. Just try to get the uh, trying to get the rain. Um, we just want to make sure everyone has a good time. So tonight um, we have FPI. Uns- I keep calling them FPI unknown, and I know it's wrong. I have FPI unsolved on my on my thing here. On the, but by, I may have typed out FBI, FPI unknown, so for that, I apologize. But uh, we have FPI unsolved coming on the show tonight, and they and they uh, they're paranormal investigators, but they they kind of do things a little bit differently. They bring uh, more of a forensics type um, way of solving, I guess, different I think solving crimes. Me, I don't know. Are they? I don't know. I guess we'll find out what they, what, what what they what they actually do. But they bring forensics into their um into their mode. I see. I hate when I talk. I can't think of the next word. So <laughs> into their uh their way of investigating. Let's go with that. So I'm gonna go ahead and put them on the show right now. Hopefully, I don't know if they're even on. So I'm gonna ask your eight six four number to press one if that's you. If not, then don't press one. I want to put the wrong person on. There it is. Hello. Welcome. Hey, thank you for having me on. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? You know, I'm hanging in there, having a good time, enjoying my tea, my water, my brown water. I got going here. (laughs) That's okay. I grabbed a Red Bull, my friend. (laughs) You know what? I thought about doing that. I thought about baking coffee. But I'm like, you know what? I really don't want to be up till Maybe I want to two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I'm already I'm already wired from doing the show, so adding caffeine to it, I'm just like, just freaking run a marathon. I'm ready to go. Woo. Yeah, I have to be up late doing casting calls for the new for the newer movies coming out. So I'm up anyway. So, uh, you say casting calls? What which movies are you working on? Well, can you talk about that? I can't really give names. Um, 
but anybody that knows me out there will watch my Facebook page. And I mainly use it for, like, if there's a TV show that's casting for Paranormal, I'll post it on there. If there's a movie casting, I'll post it on there. If somebody needs extras, like um, a very good friend of mine, actually, KO was in Halloween Kills. Um, so we get things like that, and we pass them on to people that, you know, might want to audition for those or might want to send in their stories or whatever the case may be. So that's kind of what we do. Oh, that's cool. So how do you how did you get how did you get into that? How did, how that? Oh, it just landed in my lap. Honestly, I mean, it was um. Well, I did a couple. I did an episode and um, been in the paranormal a very long time. So they needed stuff. You know, they needed items. Mm-hmm. Actually, I know that they're casting for items out in Florida for haunted items. That's on my wall. And it just kind of, you know, can you post this? Can you help us with this? And I love doing it because BGM is such a great production company. And they're just wonderful people. So, of course, you always want to help the nice people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I love it. I, you know, I help them out. Now, on the movies that I post, it just depends on what they're needing. But we're also doing, um, we're doing a heavy push for Hollywood Entertainment Magazine because we now have Spotlight on the Paranormal, which Hollywood Entertainment News goes, Hollywood Entertainment Magazine News goes all over the world. I mean, it's not just America. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're doing a push on that for teams that really make a difference. Well, that's, that's good. I know, I mean, boring life. So I sit behind the computer, basically. Well, I mean, you know, I think teams like that need to be, uh, you know, need to be given credit. Like when I, when I, oh. I did the show, to, 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 you know, highlight different teams and different um, individuals that oh, absolutely. make a difference in the paranormal. Absolutely. I mean, there is so many good teams out there that, you know, people don't get a chance to, you know, see how great they are because they don't have a platform to do that. Um, so we try really hard to give those teams a platform. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. What, um, so you, I, cause I, was, I was talking to you about the, the Hollywood Entertainment Magazine. And so it's like one of those things where it's, is it like a, like a read, they read it or is it like, but you told me they were like, you can read them on you know, gas stations or like gasoline pumps. Yeah, what it is, is what it, it is is now, Ko, my my partner is genius. Let me tell you, this woman is beyond genius. I thought I was smart. No, 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 no. <laughs> she is brilliant. Um, what she does is, you know, when you walk through the airport and you see all those TV screens up. Yeah, yeah. She puts every bit of content on there. When you go to the gas pump and you put your gas nozzle in and that the commercials play out, she does that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, um, what thinking, actually, that's, what I, that's what I was thinking it was, like the little TV screens where it shows, like, the weather and, you know, commercials yes, and whatever actually, gas you're doing. Actually, we just got permission to start spotlighting paranormal teams on there. 
So that's going to be a lot of fun when you pump gas and you see, you know, a paranormal team and their info, and it's going to be a lot of fun to see that. I got a few paranormal teams that would that would be would be good to have. Well, uh, you know what? I would love for you to send them my way because I trust your judgment highly. Well, I sent I sent um, Angie and I's information about the show. Our our information yeah, we, to your email this morning. Actually, this afternoon. you know that that one went into Q to Q today. Actually. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Yeah, that went into Q today. So I sent well, that right over much. to her. Oh, no. Like I said, we're all about helping people out there. I mean, we always have been. So it's kind of what we do. No thanks needed. We love doing it. So you're, you're actually from uh, Virginia, which is uh, really I, cool. I am actually, since you're in Virginia, you'll know this, one of my favorite haunted places in America is out in Virginia. It's in Petersburg, VA, actually. Um, they have an old train depot down there where they filmed, like, Lincoln and a couple other movies. We were called in before they filmed Lincoln. I was doing a book signing, and they came to the bookstore, and they said, can you and your team investigate this place? The workers won't work there. And, you know, how many times has everybody heard that? And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, why not? You know, okay. And they told us this whole story about Blood Alley because the South was held up in there for eight months and the North was less than like 15 feet away and they were shooting at each other. Of course, you know, there's going to be blood. So we went in and I give my team a break because I don't like to over overexpose them for too long because the mind will start to hear things and see things that aren't there. So it's good for you to take yeah. a break and gather your senses and then go back in. We were taking a break, and I went over to the Black Swan. I think it was to get a soda or something, and I came back. Now, we had this teammate, Jason, that was – he was 6'3", 290. This was a linebacker. I mean, he was a big guy. And he was sitting on the stoop part of it, and he was crying. I'm like, why is this guy crying, you know? I'm like 5'7", 124 pounds. And I'm thinking, why is this guy crying? So we go over, and, I mean, you can physically see the claw marks, the bite marks. It was a vicious, vicious attack. And when we played back the DVR system, there was nothing within four feet of him. Any direction, he was tossed around the ragdoll. Holy crap. Yeah. um, Petersburg... Virginia has some of the most haunted places. I've been in the field 25 years. Mm-hmm. Virginia, by far, has some of the most haunted places I've ever stepped into. You know, that's, that's you know, we live here, and we, we know this stuff, but it's like you don't really hear about Virginia much on, like, the, the big paranormal <laughs> shows. Yeah. Yeah. You just – uh I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe because some of the places don't really want to be on those shows, or whatever. But you know, Virginia for lovers and ghosts, apparently. Virginia, it's Virginia for uh, ghost lovers. <laughs> you know, but like St. Albans. I love those signs they were TV putting up. Virginia's and they have love all over the place, and you're like, okay, <laughs> you know. Really? I know. <laughs> yeah. But now I love Virginia. I truly do. Absolutely adore the place. 
watching the video you sent me yesterday, you guys did some uh, investigating out at St. Albans. That's one of my yes. favorite locations. Oh, Marcel is just the best. The best. Yeah, that was the Tina, if I'm not mistaken, that was the Tina Hall case. Um, is it, I think it's, is it Regina or Tina? It's Regina Hall case. Regina Hall. Yes. And what it was is um, this was back when we first stepped in the building um, was in, oh gosh, I don't remember the date, but it's when Jay, Grant, me, Zappis, and a few of the others were there. And it was before St. Albans looks like it does now. Um, so we were one of the first ones able to go in there. And we heard this story of, you know, Miss Hall being murdered and possibly in the boiler room of the basement. Now, my team does not handle investigations like almost any other team does out there. We always incorporate science and forensics into it because I tell people all the time, you know, you can walk into a building and we'll just take anybody's name. Um, We'll name her Sally. You walk in and they say, Sally was an unwed mother and she was brought here when she had her baby. She couldn't handle it when they took the baby. So she killed herself in her room, right? Yeah. Now she walks the halls looking for the baby. Okay, that's a great ghost story. Don't get me wrong. But how do you know that that story actually happened? First off, you're going to have to dig through records and see if a Sally was ever there. Because they have records back then. And then what you do, what I want to do first off is I'm going to walk in and go CSI on the place. I'm going to find the blood. If it was a hanging, I'm going to look at the rafters where they said to hung themselves. Because everything has telltale signs. If somebody hung themselves on the raptor, you will definitely see the imprint of the ropes. If somebody slit their wrist, you're going to pull blood. So then we hit it with the CSI part. And then after that, we do a full-on paranormal investigation. Because if you have all three, if you have history, forensic, and paranormal, and all the evidence is saying the same thing, they cannot rip that apart. So yeah. we try to tell people, and I know that it's everybody's like science isn't in the paranormal, and but it is. And mm-hmm. if they want to not put it in there, there is nothing saying you can't. I mean, I, I like I like the fact that you're you're um, using this this method of investigating. I think a lot of times people just hear the tour. And they, oh, this girl killed herself in the, or killed herself in the bedroom, and you know, kept the baby in a jar or whatever. They say whatever they said happened at St. Albans, which you know might actually happen, but you know, people just take that as the gospel truth because it's part of the tour. And, exactly. You know, you've got to do your own research. Um, I think. I don't think a lot I... of teams don't want to go, you know, and go deep that deep into it and pull a record out and stuff because it's you know. It's not fun to do. Yeah, but it's, it's... Tangible evidence, your first line of defense on tangible evidence is your historian, is your case manager, because that's the person that's going to dig up all them records. That's got to mm-hmm. be one of the hardest jobs the paranormal field has, because they're there 
searching everything down. I mean, they're basically being private eyes on a location for you. Um, and, you've got and a lot of people about. don't see that. Because a lot of times people don't get paid to do, like, if, if you're part of a team, you know, unless the team is paying you to do that, to do to the, all the research, it's something you've got to be passionate about because pretty much you're doing it for free. You're doing it because you, something you love to do. Oh, absolutely. You show or something. Absolutely. It's, it's definitely a passion. Any part of this field is a passion. And that's why I classify people as either ghost hunters or paranormal investigators. A ghost hunter is going to drizzle out in five, ten years. Because let's face it, number one, it is not a cheap field to get into at all. No. Number no, two, not. it takes a lot of your spare time. Even when you're not on a case, you've still got to handle a case for a client. Or, you know, so you've got to be able to make sure that you have everything, which takes a lot of time. So they fizzle out, and then you're left with the investigators. And those are the people that will do anything to help their client. Those are the people that I have so much mad respect for. Yeah, you gotta you gotta weed out the uh, the wannabe investigators, or I guess you said like ghost hunters. Um, yeah, because it is it is something that you know it, you've got to be excited for the evidence you capture. You know, your mm-hmm. full body apparition you capture on camera is probably be the same as the full body apparition someone catches on a camera at another location. You know, so if you're gonna if, if you're trying to like compare the two or trying to you know be better than the other teams, you're not you're gonna fizzle out because you know you also have to be able to accept that maybe something you originally thought was evidence isn't actually evidence. Like, yeah. like oh maybe I thought this was this, but it actually could have been like this person shifting or something. You have to be able to debunk yourself and be okay with Correct. the fact that, hey, you know, just enjoy what you have, have a good time, try to um, advance the field as much as you can, and uh, just be passionate about it. You know, I, I went to the cabin the other day, and I was walking around, had my recorder going. Within 25 seconds, I got a voice of a man saying, help me. And I'm like, holy crap, this is the coolest thing ever. It me, to me, it is because it's my, it's my evidence. But I know my yeah. my help me isn't any better than to help me somebody get that Waverly Hills or something. It's all about just enjoying the fact that you're actually getting the evidence and putting it out there for other people to enjoy. Correct. And, you know, you shouldn't get offended when people start questioning your evidence. Because if they're questioning your – you want somebody to question your evidence because if they can't tear it apart, what you're left with is tangible evidence. Yeah. So, I mean, I yeah. welcome it all the time. Like at St. Albans, we actually followed, when we, when we hit the basement, we used actually a product called Hungarian Red. Um, you use different, different products for different substrates. So when we went down to the basement and we sprayed, you can see on that video I sent you, we not only got the blood pooling, but we followed the drag marks of the blood out the back door. Out the back door. And it's caught on tape. Um, So that tells us that the story at St. Albans that, you know, they murdered her in that base or the boiler room. That's absolutely positive because the amount of blood that we found there, that's 
nobody's getting up from that. And then we do what's called decapping. We're going to decap the blood, and I did this at um, Floss Furnace. Actually, after we hit the wheel, I wanted to make sure it was animal or human. So we decap it, and it'll tell you if it's animal or human. If it pops human, you know, people can't rip that evidence apart. And then you Mm -hmm. get the ghost box that says, you know, we say, can you tell me if somebody died here? And they say, Gina, and there are evidence backs that in the history backs it. Well, guess what? You can't rip it apart. No, I mean, that's definitely very, you can't get much more thorough than that. No, but we love doing, we've handled some cases that are just crazy cases. I mean, we actually um, were privileged enough to be led into the blood house in Atlanta, Georgia. What's the blood house? Um, It's a house that walls literally bleed. Like human oh, blood. Wow. Um, it's a very rare phenomenon. Um, at first, the people thought it was, you know, rust from old pipes because the house is very old. It was very mm-hmm. old. Um, and then, of course, you know, they painted over it and it came back, so they thought it was rust. And then it started having trails of blood, almost like. Um, not blood splatter, but transfer. You know, like when you set your foot and you walk on the floor and you leave those the little bit of blood. Yeah. It starts having blood transfer. Um, so of course we went in because first off we didn't know if it was human, if it was animal, if it was rust. You don't know. We went in and it popped hot for blood. We decapped it. It was human blood. The state police sent it off. And the blood was O negative. Now, we, they tested both the, um, both the homeowners. One was B, oh, gosh, I think it was B positive. And the other one was A, no, A negative. So, in that house. I think we're so it's amazing incorporating it into the field of the paranormal. So you kind of you got to kind of cut off there uh, a little bit. I don't know, a bad, a bad connection or something. So what was what's the significance of the uh, O negative and the just the fact that it was blood, or what, what was the significance it, of that? It was, and we actually were able to pull the type of blood. Now this was our thought: if we actually had, say, we had a murder victim, a homicide victim. Mm-hmm. Um, in the house at one point, or we have the records of the EMTs being called, we could then go back and find that person's blood type, correct? Yeah. At that exactly. point, at that point, we would have been able to match, okay, say the gentleman that, and this is just a scenario because we weren't able to do this. Say, for instance, we go back, we swab it, it's the O, and then say somebody had died in that house and the EMTs were called and we have all those records. And we matched O negative to O negative. Then we would know that, you know, it matches exactly the person that passed away, which gives us more evidence towards the paranormal. Because if you think about it scientifically, 
first law of science is energy cannot be recreated or destroyed. It can only change from one form to another form. So at that point, you have to think to yourself, is the energy that transferred on here actually causing this phenomenon? Do you um do you know why? Do we figure out why the blood uh, the the walls are bleeding? Is it do you have a, a theory? Well, I do have a theory. I mean, that is our theory is because we knew that people actually did pass away in the house before the people bought it. But we can't confirm nor deny what blood types of people were, how many I mean, we can tell you how many people passed away in the house, but we can't tell you anything more than it happened. Unfortunately, we were not able to go back for a second round um, just because at that point the house was shut off, and that was years and years and years ago. Um, We do just have another case of a blood house here in South Carolina that just surfaced. So hopefully we'll be able to get the answers to why this phenomenon occurs. Yeah, because unless, you know... Unless they were like hacked to death in, a, in the house, I don't know why they would, why the the walls would bleed like that. That's so weird. That's it is very definitely. Strange. It's the first time I've ever seen it in 25 years. I mean, I've never ran into anything like that. And I wish I could tell you guys a great story and say, "Oh yeah, it was Satan or whatever, whatever." They but, found bodies behind the walls and shit. And yeah, something and, like that. But unfortunately, a lot of times in the paranormal. You know, even though you have a hypothesis, unfortunately, without that concrete evidence or that proof, it just remains a hypothesis. And at that point, I don't put any hypothesis out there ever. And it's because all I ever want to put out there is tangible evidence, evidence that has merit to it. I mean, walls bleeding for no reason is a pretty cool we weren't, like yeah we were not able to go in and you know it's not like you can just knock a hole in somebody's wall i mean you know what i'm saying yeah yeah exactly um so unfortunately we never did solve that case i would have loved to but we were not capable of doing that just because we were not allowed back in well i mean sometimes some things it's good to to keep the mystery going with places it, it, but we have done um, we have done several cases where we have literally um, found the bodies with spirit help. Um, that's a lot to talk about. That's that's pretty awesome. We actually had a case last year, and it was a young lady out of Plant City that had gone missing. Um, and we're the type of women, and it's funny because the women on our team aren't. We're not tall. We're not. You know, like I said, I'm 5'7", 124 pounds. Um, And we actually went out in gator-infested water and kayaks looking for the body. Um, We were 10 feet away from the body when they pulled us. But she was found. But we also followed not just the forensics evidence, but we followed the ghost box evidence. We followed... Mm -hmm. The evidence that we got, so we tell people all the time, 
the dead do speak. We just have to listen. And we were able to, they were able to recover her body. Was it her voice coming through there, coming through the uh, beer box? It was. Oh, yeah. We actually had, um, we had a recording because she was singing on one of her, you know, little videos that people do. And we Mm -hmm. actually matched the voice in a computer with a voice recognizer to the voice voice that we had caught. And it came back with a 90% hit. Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. And we believe that Kaya led us to not only where she was, but who indeed killed her. Well, I'm glad you found that you found the body and the alligators didn't find it. (laughs) I'm glad the alligators didn't find us. That's true. Yeah. But, um, I love doing it. I mean, cold cases, are my passion and they're just even that much better when you have a haunting tied to them, when you can have a spirit guide you along to help them. It's an amazing thing. Yeah. I think a lot of times people, they, they, they kind of dismiss using mediums or using, you know, paranormal uh, means to solving crimes because they think it's all like mumbo jumbo. But yeah. Science can 100% prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that psychic ability does exist. Science proves it. Yeah. So I mean, it drives me crazy when people are like, oh, well, she wasn't psychic till she got in the car wreck. Okay, you have to understand the way the human brain works <laughs> before you say anything. <laughs> The right side of the brain, okay, on every psychic that's been tested, you can go to UCLA site, you can go to Cambridge, you can go to any of the colleges that study paranormal phenomena, and you can see that the right side of the brain has front lobe damage, whether it's no oxygen at birth, whether it's a car wreck where you had to go into the hospital, they put oxygen on you, whatever the case may have been. Slight low brain damage. And just like a lot of times when you lose your sight, you're hearing amps. Well, Mm -hmm. that's the same way with the human brain. The left side is where all the, and there's so many, they call them so many psychic, intuitive, sensitive, all that creativeness runs. So the left brain amps up to help the damage to the right side of the front lobe of the right side of the brain and we can concrete prove that there is psychic ability due to this science has proven it there are people who have who've had accidents and then they can't all of a sudden they can speak french and they never could before exactly um the brain is an amazing organ you know it is. It is. It is. In people meditating or trying to, uh, you know, reach their third eye or you know, reach the spiritual realm. You know, in fact, you know, you can do it. You can access the part of the brain. You just have. You just have to know how to do it and believe in yourself and believe that Correct. you can do it. 
It's called Life in Burial Beats. Burial Beats will act differently with different regions of the brain. Um, I forgot. I think it was UCLA. Please don't quote me on that. But if you look up, um, just Google science-proof psychic ability. Um, the whole write-up is right there. They did a very long study on it. Mm-hmm. So we I mean, absolutely have cases that are more, well, it's, I don't know if you want to call it a cross between cold cases and haunted cases. Because we do a lot of cold cases, a ton of them. So do do, do the do the police contact them out, or do you take it upon yourself to hey? And then you... Oh no! A lot of times we get called in by family members. Okay. <laughs> the way it works is family members are allowed to put anybody they want on their family's case. Um. Now sometimes the police will have a little bit of a fit, but they always come come around to it. But so a family member will call us in, just like the Chaya case. The mother called us in. Now, we know for a fact she was with the boyfriend before she went missing. Mm-hmm. Now, my team is so, oh, my gosh. We are like, I don't know. We, my team is crazy, but that's okay. You got to be a little we crazy. Literally, we literally drove to this guy's house because we knew that one of his friends told us that, yes, he killed her. It was an accident, and her sweater is still in the shed where they partied. And we're like, okay, we have to get that evidence. And, I mean, my kids are the same as any forensics police would have. And so, of course, I gear up. I grab the gloves, and they have – we had a puppy with us. And we're like, okay, we're going to say the puppy got out. We're jumping this fence. We're going in there, and we're retrieving the sweater. And that's exactly what we did. We documented it with photos. We retrieved the sweater, and the police ended up with it. Um, We bagged what we call bagged and tagged, which is what Uh forensics does. Um, That's how they ended up arresting him. So, but once again, she led us that way because she gave us his name when we first did the ghost box session at where her car was found on the tracks. She gave us the name and it was clear. It was his name. And so we fully believe that she 100% led us to solve her own case. Wow. That's amazing. When you, um, when you get this, this evidence, like did, like did the police give you a hard time? Like, like, oh, well, this is, this is, you know, this is. No, not really, because not we normally, no, not really, because we normally talk to the police. As soon as the parents call us in, we contact the police. Um, so the police are very much aware that we're there, that we're doing mm-hmm. this for the family. Um, and a lot of times they're extremely helpful because they want to solve this too. They want to bring her home to her mom just as bad as. We do. Actually, really nice to be able to, you know, have them 
give us information that the mother may not have had. So it it works rather well. Now, we have ran into some where they don't really want anything to do with us because we have that paranormal in our name. But yeah. that's, you know, the victims are actually the ones leading us. They're solving their own crime. So at that point in time, you know, it's like, well, you have to keep that word paranormal in there because that's what it is. It's not normal that, they, you know, that that happens. So it's got to be paranormal. Hearing voices from the dead is definitely not normal, at least not for most people anyway. Exactly. So it's, it is so much fun, though. It really is. What's the weirdest thing that's happened to you during an investigation? Mm. Besides bleeding walls for no reason, which is pretty weird. I, think, I think my second favorite haunt that we ever did other than the the old train depot in Petersburg, which if they'll let you in, you guys got to check that place out. That place is wicked. Um, We were actually able to get into the actual Black Hope Curse property last year, which if you guys don't know what the Black Hope Curse is, please Google it. It's actually the original poltergeist house. And it is in, I believe, oh, wow. spring Texas. Um, we were literally able to get in there. The firemen helped us find the exact house. <laughs> but it's the first time in my life I walked into a place and you get that run feeling. You know what I mean? That feeling of this yeah. is going to go real bad real quick. Everything in your body is telling you to run. And I should have known because there was a little chihuahua outside and it would not cross the line to the front yard. It just wouldn't even go anywhere near it. And uh, we were in there and we were in the back bedroom. Like we had teams in different areas of the house trying to figure out, you know, was it the floor or the foundation might have been porn wonky? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so we have laser levelers. We have balls that we're trying to get to roll down the floor somehow just to see if it was uneven. That was not the case. The floors were perfectly even. And we were in there, and all of a sudden you hear this, like, from behind you. You hear, it's mine. And, I mean, it was that clear. It was crystal clear and it wasn't like just one person heard it it like echoed throughout the room so we all heard it and of course we just kind of looked at each other you know like okay and uh next thing we know pastor jeff leeper who is an exorcist is out in the living room and we start hearing hearing him argue and we're like what is he arguing with so we go out there And you hear, and it wasn't on a box, you guys. It was not on a ghost box. It -hmm. was literally a disembodied voice. You hear, what is your name? And this thing says, Satan. And Jeff said, no, you're not. And it said, yes, I am. And Jeff said, no, you're not. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I am so. I I was like, you're arguing with it? 
Um, it got when the window started. Now, mind you, this whole little like two house area is abandoned. It has been for years. The people fled the house. Nobody ever bought the other, you know, those two houses. Mm-hmm. And the windows literally bowed in, like almost like I don't even know, almost like they were construction paper and somebody was pushing on them. They didn't break. They did not break, but they kind of bowed inward. And that was enough for me because this is the way I look at it. I am a scientist. If I run into anything nasty like that, what am I going to do? Lumen all it? You know? I mean, I don't know how to handle a demonic. Therefore, my best plan is when in doubt, get out. Because I couldn't take it on. Huh? Yeah, you've got to know your. You have to know your limits. Cause you, exactly. You don't want to take anything home with you that you don't want. Well, not only that, with. but I, I've seen priests literally get the snot kicked out of them. I mean, broken ribs. Bro- I mm-hmm. mean, it's been horrible, and I don't want that to happen to me. I have no right handling that, so I always leave the premises if that is happening. I will always leave the premises because I know my own limitations. So what do you think of like certain paranormal shows, different paranormal shows actually saying they're calling out demons or talking to demons Ugh. and stuff? What, what do you kind want of my honest opinion? Now I'm going to tick all your people off. Are you ready for this? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure you won't be, you won't, you won't be pissing anybody off. Okay, well, I had friends before I said this statement. (laughs) Remember that. (laughs) What it is is I think that preconceived notions, the field, and you've been in it long enough and so have I, that, you know, people watch these shows. And I love them. Don't get me wrong. I cast for them. I love the production companies. I love the movies. But the problem is, is a lot of these people will watch these TVs, and that's how they're learning the paranormal. Now, yeah, okay, they see yeah, I, I got you now. Yeah, yeah. They, they, get, they look at it as like instruction videos. So, like, oh, this is how you right. get to get the paranormal. I've got to yell at things and right. Know, and then all of a sudden, you get these people that go in. Now, you have many different types of energy out there. You have, I mean, energy can be an aggressive energy, which is angry. Mm-hmm. And you're going to sit there and you're going to tell everybody this, this angry energy this high level energy is a demonic why is it a demonic you know everything goes and and it just seems like right now everybody's like oh it's a demonic or this item is haunted by a demon or you know it's like people look you have to understand if i passed away in my house and you came through my house and was acting stupid i'd probably get you too So I don't buy into that everything is a demon. I don't believe in going to a garage sale, picking up a doll, thinking even before you leave it, oh, this is a haunted doll. You don't know Mm -hmm. that. So I think that TV is great for entertainment. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful for entertainment. But you got to leave it there. You just got to leave it at entertainment value. It's fun to watch. Yeah. And live like vicariously through them and like but I I noticed when I started actually investigating 
myself, I don't really necessarily enjoy watching the shows that much as much as I used to because I'd rather just be out there doing it. So it just reminds me if I'm at home, reminds me that I'm not out there investigating. Um, but I think a lot I've of been times grounded. people use I think people use the I'm word sorry. demon as a way to entertain as entertainment. They use it oh, it's, like you said, not everything's demonic. Right. It's like ah. Uh. I mean, when I teach it, well, I teach parapsychology, parascience. Um, so my class, I don't have that problem, what I teach at Piedmont Technical College. And it's because I teach you the scientific reasons behind paranormal phenomena. You know, I teach you why radio bands bend, how long it takes. Like, this is the thing that people don't understand. The ghost box, which works off radio bands. Okay, there's radio bands all around us, even though the human ear cannot hear them at that point in time. What happens is that energy is dispersed. If somebody speaks, that energy is dispersed into the atmosphere. Okay, it's into the atmosphere around you, and then it it carries into space, and then it bounces and comes back due to dark matter, dark energy. Okay, so that voice that you're picking up on your ghost box or hack shack or PS whatever – is actually a voice that could have been spoken 20, 30 years ago. Because scientifically proven, it does go into the atmosphere and it bounces back to us. That's scientifically proven. So somebody that goes and is like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, this person died two months ago, and if God, I hope you don't hunt somebody that's only been passed away for two months. But you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And... Okay, and what you're doing with that is you have a preconceived notion. See, I'm a firm believer that you don't walk into any place with a preconceived notion. None. I don't even, when I get a case, I don't even tell my team what it's about. Nothing. In case it's like a homicide, then, of course, we all have to go through the file. But if we're just doing a paranormal, we do not. There is one person that should know the case. And that's the case manager. She should never tell anybody about it. She should never speak a word of it. Not, oh, well, this is the claims and this is, you know, the doors are opening and closing, blah, blah, blah. Because when you do that, you go in with a preconceived notion. And the human mind, believe it or not, can actually manifest things. So I don't let my team have any preconceived notion whatsoever. Just like when we're out chasing a criminal with like the Chaya case. We have to know them, but then the thing of it is, is we don't want to see the suspects list. We don't want to see that because we believe that the spirit knows what happened and the spirit will guide us. Mm -hmm. So we try to stay completely away from preconceived notions. So you don't want to have people's names or like something like you can call out, hey, is there a Sam here? No. no, because if you ask, say you ask, okay, say for instance, you're sitting and you're doing a uh, ghost box session, hack shack, whatever you want to call it. Back in our day, it was a hack shack. Do you guys remember that? Oh, yeah. Now it's a ghost box. Okay. Say you're sitting down and you're doing a ghost box session. Okay, once again, and this is what I teach my class at Piedmont Tech. And we actually, I prove this to them. What you do is you will sit a box in the middle of the room. 
you tell them a story, just like, for instance, Bloody Mary, right? And yeah. then the people go into the bathroom, they spin around, they get confused, they say Bloody Mary, and then all of a sudden, because you told them she's coming out of the mirror, they start to visualize that. That's a preconceived notion, and that's what that can cause. So what I do with my classes, I don't tell them anything, sit them in the middle of the room, and I will tell one person in that class to speak a name, whether it be Bob, Tom, or whatever, right? Like, oh, yeah. I thought I just heard Tom. Even though they didn't, what happens is because that preconceived notion is put into your head already, everybody else is going to start hearing that name. Now, there's a problem with that because you're calling out the wrong name. Let the, let the spirit do its job and tell you its name itself. You know, don't give a preconceived notion of the name. We've, uh, we've only got like a few minutes left. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Minutes, I, no, I, I want to make sure I gave you a chance. I, I, I don't start cutting you off. But I want to make sure you have a chance to talk about like, you know, your YouTube channel, like promote promote, promote yourself. And I, I don't want to shut cut off mid story. So um, just Absolutely. take this time to talk about where well, people can find you and how they can get in um, touch with right you. Right now, right. Well, we do have filming on in this summer, and we will be on Comcast. Um. So I don't really do much except for my Facebook page, and that's mainly for casting calls. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always go if you, if you have to get in touch with me or if somebody needs to get in touch with me. They can always contact um, Piedmont Technical College, where I teach, and you will be switched to my department. Um, or you can hit me up on Facebook. And well, if anybody out there in Florida has any haunted items, they are casting. Yes, definitely. If you're in Florida, if you hot an item, give them a call. Go check out FPI Unsolved. Hopefully, uh, you know, South Carolina is from Virginia. Hopefully you can come up to uh, the cabin on 360. And, uh, well, the team is really on. excited about doing that one, actually. That would be awesome. Three locations. I talked talk to them. I talked to them today, and they're ready to go. So Perfect. Perfect. We'll get but something set I wanna, up. I want to thank you for having me on my show, on your show. Um, I appreciate you coming on. I am always out there. You can see my name uh, once in a while on, like, bills for paranormal conferences because I literally teach people how to do forensics in the paranormal field. Um, when I teach that, I never charge a penny because I fully believe that if we could move forward with science in the field, you can not only.